to the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? If you're drowning and I throw you a life jacket, would you grab it? Yes, good. Pick up 200 shares. I won't let you down. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Ask them how they'd like to see 30, 40% returns. What are they going to say? No? I don't want to see those returns. Where's the money, Lebowski? You're going to make a lot of money, right? Be aggressive. Learn how to push. Show them a 3% return. I'll trust you to watch his kids for the weekend. I'm a big fan of money. Move around. Motion creates emotion. I did not know that. That's it. I'm done. Hello and welcome back to Saxon Jacks. I'm Tim Eliani on the board. Uh, S&P, a little easier getting in today without the crazy traffic situation. Ten yesterday. minutes. It took me ten minutes. It was so nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm blowing pretty fast, too. Uh, no, Nobody nobody out and about it because I have a few people riding their bikes since it's about 90 degrees already. We went from uh, couldn't play baseball down there, uh, calling games at 45 degrees and raining a week ago to now we're like 90. So Yeah, I know. It's relentless. Do, do, we, even have a, do we have one day as a spring or no? We had like one. I, I can think of like one sixty or seventy degree day, and that's about it. Yeah, it's it's, it's pretty awful. SP futures up. Uh, this is not awful. SP futures up forty four, and Nasdaq futures up one seventy one. Hmm. We're making a run at it here. Uh, CPI this morning at uh, seven thirty, which we'll report on. We're talking about a point two percent on the month. Uh, we'll see how that works out. Uh, we're talking about the, the yearly to go down to eight point one from eight point six. And everybody who has a chance to get on TV is telling you we've peaked. We're all okay. So is Kevin okay? I, I too, have uh, peaked about uh, eight to ten years ago. I think it might have been longer ago than <laughs> that. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> might have been. Might have, now uh, that you mention it, yeah. No, no, might have been a little longer. Hey, there's, there's good news about uh, about the traffic, though. The universe is expanding, and that's going to help. Yes. The universe keeps expanding. But how does the, how does the universe expand in this... Whatever it expands into has to be also universe, isn't it? Well, I, I think we could probably spend the whole hour on that topic, and um, yeah, then we would have some yeah. listeners who would never come back again. So yes, <laughs> we ought to let that one go. But some, uh, but it, it kind of leads me into my my uh, seemingly my relentless theme of lately. I, I don't know why this is, Kevin, but I do because the the all my all my Hours and hours I sat in classrooms about economics, and I hear these people blow by these definitions on TV, and make it, and they catch fire with one person to another to another, and all of a sudden now we've got this. The all clear is trying to be sounded because we've peaked on this inflation. Now, what exactly? In, in your well, first of all, we don't have the number yet, right? So. Well, say say we have. Um, in terms, but let's of, let's say it comes in at. Eight point something, a little less than last month. Well, first of all, let's go back to the monthly. What we should be talking about, which nobody wants to talk about, they're talking about a point two percent on the month. Um, last month was one point three unadjusted, one point two adjusted. Which, if you do the twelve times math, you're up to fifteen point six percent. Right, it's, it's a huge number. Yep. And uh, so now we're saying that's that's way down. Now, what, now let's let's say actually. Uh, this this guy's opinion come from a totally different direction. I think if you use the monthly numbers, we are fairly close to a quote peak. Uh, the reason why I say that is because there's a big time lag between money supply growth and inflation, somewhere between six to twelve months, depending. So if you look at the peak in money supply growth, which was probably eight to ten to twelve months ago when they're sending out checks and everything, um, I'm going to say that that's rolling through right about now or a couple of months ago so if you if you l- use the numbers properly 
I would say we probably have peaked at a number of around 15, 16%, and maybe we will sneak down from there. But that's not the number they're talking about. They're talking about eight being the number. That, that, that's hogwash, that number. So, so, in my mind, we have, we might actually have peaked, but what exactly does that mean? If the Fed decides, okay, we're going to be three or four percent money supply growth from now to forever, which is probably what they ought to do, actually more like three or two and a half, uh, now we could actually plateau like right here. All right, so now we have, now they haven't counted any of the housing stuff that hasn't gone through the CPI, so we still got that lie to unfold. We've got a few other areas where the, the lies have not unfolded yet, so let's say the way they do the numbers, we're gonna, we still have serious momentum here. But say we don't. Say all of a sudden we're here. Well, now what? What, what exactly does that do for everybody if we just stay right here? Used cars stay where they stay, our gas stays where it is, food stays where it is. Everything just stays right here. I'm going to say that for the whole mess over the two and a half year period, just about everything is up 20 to 25 percent. Somewhere in there. I mean, we've probably been 11 or 12 percent for two solid years, which puts us at about 25. How far are we, now what, what does that do to people's, uh, brackets on their income taxes? Let's, let's assume, for instance, that every every person in the world, uh, in terms of employers or people, are able to demand that everybody all of a sudden is is gifted this twenty five percent raise from two years ago, which we're not even close to. We know that. Uh, now, where are we? Okay, I guess then we'd be somewhat even, but I don't see that happening at all, Kevin. And I, I, I and cars have damn near doubled. Houses are up 30% or so. Interest rates are up. Even, even if everybody had a 20, or there's, there's no way that, that even if we peak here or we flatten out here, that it puts anybody back to where they were. Right. Or, or, uh, or you, you kind of gave it the, the longer explanation and the way I would summarize it would be that if we have flattened out, we are now in maintenance mode of being screwed instead of getting more screwed. Yes. Yeah, you're, uh, you, you know, you, 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 you've been beaten ten times an hour, now we're going to cut back to three. Well, you're still well, or, or you were beaten, uh, you know, uh, five times an hour, and then the next month, six times an hour, the month after that, seven times an hour, and then, you know what, we're going to take it, we're going to scale it back, we're going to hold it at seven, maybe scale it back to six. Yeah. You good with that? Yeah, you good with that? And I, and I, I don't see where we're going to come close to, I mean, if you take, the increase in housing prices and the increase in interest. You know, where's Audrey or Nancy when I need them? But I'm going to say that you're you're not. Well, we're up to houses were what? Say we're up 25 percent. We just went to 400 thousand as a median, right, nationwide, which probably would be a little high. We were 280. Okay, so we're up roughly 40 percent. And the interest rates are going to go from three to five and a half. What, what is that? Has to mean that your monthly nut uh, for a regular person with a decent, you know, a decent credit score, it's got to be up what sixty, seventy percent, easy. That that's not coming back anytime soon. Nope. Well, and, and here's the thing: is um, you know, you're right. Everybody on TV is going to react to this like it's you know, it's some big positive news. The market may even react to it like it's some big positive news, and it it 
really isn't. But I, I would also caution that uh, one month, you know, one one month is not a trend. So, you know, we're we're going to see we're going to see fuel prices go higher, um, and because there is, uh, you know, uh, oil and, and oil derivative products uh, uh, in as content in so many things that we use. That's going to force those prices up. So this is why I'm saying I'm skeptical that we peaked. You know that uh, we we may see it flatten for a little while, for a few months, but I'm I'm pretty skeptical that uh, that we're that this is going to be maintained. And uh, especially when you've got an administration, you know, think think of this. Um, you know, we uh, spending is a huge problem. The amount of money that we're dumping into the economy is a huge without. Uh, additional output is a huge problem. So what do we do? We go do a multi-billion, I don't know how many billions of dollars of aid for Ukraine. You know how much crap got thrown in there oh, yeah. <laughs> with it? Uh, well, okay, you know, again, more I, spending. Again, I have, I've had this real problem with the, with the term peaked. Okay, you peaked out at, at beating me 12 times an hour, and now we're back to 11. But I'm saying, if I look at just the money supply growth, which, you know, Hell Snark keeps sending us all stuff on, the in January, where are we, May? In January, maybe February, <clears throat> it was January, we were still at 13.5%, Kevin. So we're, we're not, that, that's still working its way through. When I, when I say I think we might have peaked at 16, I mean it's going to be 15, 14, 13.5, you know, for like the next eight months on its way down to maybe 10 or 9 or something if, if they stay at 3.5. And, and we're not even, we're, I'm, we're not even close to, when I say peak, the rate of growth, I mean, has peaked. The inflation has, they're using the term peaked to tell you that the that the inflation itself has is sort of steadied it isn't what i'm saying is that the rate of the rate of growth in inflation is is probably peaked it's a totally different one's the first derivative of the curve and one's one's the other right yeah it's like acceleration versus velocity for those who remember their old physics your your acceleration stops but your velocity stays the same right Thank God, if you're cruising around in space. Well, especially if you got an electric car, you know, it's going to save us all. Yeah. <laughs> God. Um, so anyway, that's kind of where Kevin. Can you educate me? What you know? It's funny when we have these. Uh, this Bitcoin is dropping on this morning. It's actually held in there, still above thirty thousand. Every time, every time, there's there's a fiasco. Going back to the to the tulips, where people found a way to borrow money to buy the tulips. The tulips never crashed until there was margin on them. For those of you, tulips were was a was a, a phobia back in Holland back in the 1600s, and people the price of tulips went to the moon to where what one tulip was worth an entire uh, uh, wagon load of beer or two lead wagon loads of beer, which is really bad when you think one yeah, flower is worth a, a terrible inequity. It's a terrible absolutely. It's, societies are ruined for less. Yeah, well, it was like it was like a house too. So anyway, it gets to the point. Now, when everybody just bought the tulips, okay, I mean, if, you, if you're dumb enough to buy them, uh, and Holland would, did not have native tulips. So where did they come from, Turkey? Was that where they originally came from? I, I think they might have come from Turkey. So everybody wanted if you, So if you were a big shot, you wanted tulips in front of your house, and the only way you get them was to import them. So anyway, these things start going up, 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 and so they become a store, a store of value on their own, as, at least so people thought. But as long as people paid for it out of the cash of the day, I'm going to say the guy who bought it just loses money on the tulip. It's not the end of the world. I mean, but then all of a sudden they are listed on the exchanges. 
duh, Bitcoin. They can't can't wait to get them on exchanges. And then all of a sudden, somebody figures out a way to borrow money to buy them. Well, it wasn't long after that the big collapse came because people were forced to sell because of margin loans. All right, so now we, we've got to, and whenever you see some kind of market collapse, whatever it is, there's always something that even somebody reasonably close to the uh, the business never even thought of. Kevin, okay, if somebody, I mean, the, the uh, mortgage collapse, I had some sneaky feeling that something wasn't right when I was reading articles about 35 hours worth of leverage on every dollar of mortgage. And to this day, people will tell you, intelligent people will say, well, yeah, the reason for that collapse was that, uh, you know, we gave Jose a, 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 you know, a mortgage he didn't deserve or, or some lady was flipping houses and she's a stewardess on United and she had no business getting you can think that all you want. That that shouldn't have happened. I get it. And Jose and the lady flipping the houses, maybe, I won't say deserve, but should have realized that they were on, on slippery slope there. But the fact, the collapse that it was, was a massive collapse of leverage. Jose didn't put 35 hours on top of his mortgage. 35 hours in leverage on top of his dollar of mortgage. He didn't do that. The lady, it was, it was done, and the, the Fed did not catch it, didn't stop it. Money was coming from. It's the leverage that causes the problem, the collapse problem. Okay, now, right now, all we're, the last what three days? I've talked about this outfit, uh, MicroStrategy. It owns like ninety bazillion bitcoins, and a uh, bazillion being a lot. Uh, and if the, their their margin nut is what twenty one nine, so if Bitcoin meets twenty one nine, they got the world's biggest margin call. Now, who are these other idiots? Um, these guys from that want they have the, the the thing that's supposed to be equal to the dollar. What's what the one I, I sent you to sing yesterday? It's uh, um, who the hell are these guys? It's uh, 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 Bitcoin investors panic. Uh, something called Terra USD. It's something that's supposed to be. It's it's like a Bitcoin. Only crypto investors are keeping a close eye on UST, a controversial stable coin, as the organization that supports it is sitting on billions of dollars in Bitcoin. So Bitcoin is the collateral for the stable coin. Terra's UST token sank below seventy cents. It doesn't late. sound stable to me. No, Terra's UST token sank below seventy cents late money. Late money as holders continued to flee the controversial stablecoin. Not so stable. Traders worry the project must have, might have sold or will sell a large portion of its Bitcoin to prop up UST. Well, this morning I guess it's fifty cents. Who do you, who do you even think of this stuff, Kevin? That that all of a sudden Bitcoin is 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 the rack on which three other three other buildings are, are built on. For God's sake, <laughs> what is the Fed doing? I mean, how do you how do you let this stuff? Be well, it, here's here's the thing that, um, that that I just don't understand about it, and it's not. I'm not saying it, it's not understandable. I just personally don't understand it. I understand what happened with the housing market. You know, it, we we we've had low intro rates. We had people you know put people into all kinds of uh, balloon loans. And about the time that it was that it came to refinance, or even uh, even without refinancing coming due, um, we hit we we had an incredible spike in fuel prices that started causing all kinds of industries to slow down, lay off, and so on. And so you know we had spent years encouraging home ownership um, by you know with with low rates and teaser rates and and no down payment loans and all kinds of things like that. We spent years encouraging that. And that was, it was government policy. I remember, um, um, oh, what was the guy's name, uh, uh, who was, uh, um, 
Bush's uh, spokesman. Um, well, I know what he mean. had gone yeah. over from Fox News uh, um, to be the uh, press secretary. And I remember him in a speech talking about how great it was that there was more home home ownership than ever before. And then all of a sudden, people couldn't afford to pay for it because they were getting laid off. And so the market got flooded with inventory because people were bailing out of their loans. The banks were getting stuck with, uh, you know, foreclosing, had non-earning uh, assets that they were trying to move. And, you know, it, it was a hot mess. And, you know, that was the catalyst throughout 2008 that really made everything come collapsing down late in the year. That all makes sense to me as to how it happened. What I don't understand is what's causing Bit, uh, Bitcoin to uh, to drop so much, and I don't understand that any more than I understand what made it go up so high in the first place. Well, that's the point. I mean, it, it, you reach. It, it, I don't. I don't know what what causes it. I mean, let, let's take a. a, a I'm going to say a, a good company, for instance. Um, let's let's take Netflix. All right, Netflix. I I think those guys from starting with. Uh, Mailing you uh, VCRs or whatever they did. Were they ever VCRs or were they always CDs at least? Uh, you know, I think that those guys have had pretty good management as as the world has changed. I think they were able to change with it on the fly a lot, Kevin. I I never was a a huge you know guy who bitched about Netflix, but clearly when they got to six hundred bucks, it was it was just too high. I mean, the touts on TV would say nothing but just keep buying it, keep buying it, keep buying it. And, and you look at it and you say, what? what now the thing is, uh, there's 179 dollars this morning up 169. They've got a P ratio of 17. Guess what? It's still a nice company. It's trading at a P ratio of 17. It's probably, I don't know, a fair price. It might go higher from here. It could go to back to 18 or 19. It could go to 50. But at least it's somewhere where they're in this. Somewhat of a stable, maybe some growth business, and that's what they're priced at. What in God's name were they ever doing three and a half times higher? I, I think people, it, it, once again, it, it, were, they, were there uh, more subscribers and more viewers during the pandemic when everybody was staying home? Probably. I'm sure there were. Um, and uh, so they're, they're kind of uh, going the route of Peloton. Um, who, who needs one now? I can go outside. <laughs> you know, well, I can go to the movie theater if I want to and have that experience and and while netflix may be a better deal and and frankly net netflix has has uh you know they they had some original content that was quite good early on they don't have as much of that anymore i don't disagree but it, what i'm saying is what there is there is some worth there and and the in the i mean i think there's serious worth there uh same thing with, with you know with peloton they they have a bicycling company. They have a nice product. They have stuff people like to use. It's it's not like they have zero. Bitcoin, right. So there's a yeah. base value to it. But it's the, spiked up over you know from in during 2020 and 2021, and it's come back to earth, and that makes sense. Well, why Bitcoin, did Bitcoin or why did cryptocurrencies in general spike up other than uh, fad? Well, I'm going to take a shot that an awful lot of people, that people believe. The people that they've they've come to trust for whatever reason, and and financial radio or TV or newsletters or whatever it is, essentially went out and bought the crap and told everybody else to go out and buy it because they owned it. Is that too harsh? No, that that would at least be uh, an understandable explanation. But now Peloton, um, at their peak, I look at the the uh, how many shares outstanding. 
the company was worth $39 billion. And now they're worth three. Or four or something. Uh, okay, $39 billion. Now, in, in, in our day, <laughs> when you had people owning Six Flags and stuff, that means that somewhere along the line, not that, not today, not yesterday, not tomorrow, maybe not next month, maybe not next year, that, uh, that company is going to, uh, have some sort of a, let's say their PE ratio is going to be, well, let's say 10, which is, you know, low. Uh, uh, so they need to be making $3 billion a year and sending their people a check for a billion, all right? To make them a real stable company that you think is going to be around for 50 years. Somewhere along the line, you, you, you have to reach that level. At least you used to have to. You don't just give all the money to the management. You don't just say to the investors you're never getting a dime or the, your, your obligation is whenever the stock goes up to sell it because people don't want to sell it. They want to invest in something. Okay. So how the hell, how many bikes is that a year to make three billion dollars, Kevin? I mean, that's, that's a lot of bikes. Mm, and and it's not you're not talking revenue you're talking profit yeah I mean if your if your margin is two hundred hours a bike you know what is that two million bikes a million and a half bikes and you're not going to sell those I mean, it's, you know so you, you, you might go you know and this goes back to okay you know let's assess the market is it a growing market well it was a it was very much a growing market two years ago. Is it a market that's still growing? I don't know. It might be a it might be a market that's flat, and all of a sudden, you know, you're looking and you say you got a cash cow project uh, product, and you you better go find um, an investment into something else that's going to be growing. Well, I took uh, the re- the reason why I, I mean one thing about being around a while in 2000 when all this happened, I wasn't managing money for people. Then I was still on the trading floor. Uh, but we had an awful lot of people at, at PTI that were more uh, self-managed and traded, you know, like crazy through the, especially the OEX. Uh, it was a different world back then. But uh, one day I had nothing better to do, Kevin, so I took, like, the top ten, essentially, dot bombs. I took the Cisco's, I took the Oracle's, I took, like, ten stocks. I said, okay, here's where these guys are, are trading, here's what their worth is. And most of them at that time, like, Cisco was, I'm going to say, ten, twelve times revenue. Which is a lot, you know, because you know if, if the stock was trading sixty, I think your revenue per share was five. Well, so even if you made like two and a half on the five, who, who does that? You're still talking about a thirty PE, right? So, you know, and it's a little wobbly when you don't have that kind of revenue. So, I essentially went through and I said, okay, what's it going to take for this company to grow up to this stock price? And without even knowing what these people did, because I didn't know, I was a totally trader. I just said, okay, these guys got to, their revenue's got to go to whatever, you know, $40 a share. And now they got like 900, you know, Google Plexes of shares outstanding. That's, that's equal to like X. And so their income would have to be here. Did it for 10 countries. Kevin, I think I was like twice the GDP. So, you know, I'm always very careful about not saying that, you know, Kevin Inc. is not going to be the one stock. Because I don't know that they could be the you could be the next Apple you could be the next whatever, uh, I, but I, I know that the, all twenty of them aren't going to get there because we don't, there's no way there's no way the collective growth is anywhere near that. There can't be. Yeah, by the way, I very much could be the next Apple, and I will uh, tweet out to the listeners to go fund me to get me started on that. 
Well, do I get do I get like a send, send me a nice a nice little uh, a nice little deposit? I'll do well with it. Thank you, thank you all very much. How about like a, just me, just a little stack options, with just a few? Yeah, well, yeah. Let me. I'll, I'll see what I can do. I'll see what yeah. I can do for the investors. But uh, you know, you, you, you can't be creative and you can't grow the company without uh, without a healthy salary yourself. Well, you got. Are you going to get a board like what's her name and get? Uh Who's the lady that just got, she just got convicted, or is it, they're still messing around? How was her name? The, 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 the real attractive blonde lady with the, she had, she had, uh, Schwarzkopf and Kissinger, they're all like 100 years old on the board, all those guys? Uh, we could do that. Mitchell? Um, I, I, I don't know, I, 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 I'm thinking I, I have, um, I have some family members who would be really good on the board. Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind. I'd be the only one there because those guys would all be at home. I'd actually show up, which you wouldn't mind. You have to get me a tour. No, yeah, I can't have you there. You ask questions. No, no, we don't want me. That's uh, that's what. Remember, uh, uh, way back before before Eliani, B.E. Uh, the Chicago had a, a morning. I won't <laughs> say I won't, I won't say disc jockey, but because uh, he was it was it was talk radio, but it was WGN. So uh, was it Wally Phillips? He's been on there forever, and Wally Phillips was a, was a great guy. So one day, Eliani. Some some board, some company says we're going to put Wally Phillips on the board. He's okay. like this real knowledgeable guy and everything. So this is after he's dead, and we're interviewing his assistant. And she goes, well, that turned out to be a fiasco. <laughs> the guy goes, why? He said, well, because they'd sent him, you know, when, when you were on a board, like I was, before Internet, they sent you this big, huge honking thing with the budgets in it, and it's a big... Oh, yeah, the board package was the huge. The board, board yeah. package is huge. So... Oh, the, if you you at least want, I mean, I can read every page of the budget, but you pretty much go through the whole thing, and you can tell which was the important parts, and you prepare. So, so she goes, they hated him on the board. And the guy goes, why? He's a good guy. She goes, oh no, he's the best guy. He said, but he never for, he never forgot that he worked for the shareholders, and he wasn't afraid to ask the tough question, and he was always prepared. They hated him. <laughs> that, that's that. You could if you say that to somebody, you can torpedo them from ever being on any board, right, Kevin? Keep it off. Yep. Anyway, S&P futures up 46, Nasdaq futures up 184. Yes, I mean, I'm nice and long here for my people. I thought we might get some kind of a bounce, but yesterday's bounce was about, ugh, there's no bounce there. Be right back, Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. 
Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage health care costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation of the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Holland. She's Eliani on the board. She's Eliani everywhere. She just happens to be on the board today. Uh, <laughs> yeah. S&P futures up 46. NASDAQ futures up 178. Uh, I tell you what, yesterday as I managed to roll everybody down on their puts on f- Monday and the, ho- the carnage on Monday, and all of a sudden we were up yesterday and, and somewhere about mid-morning we're down on the day. I'm thinking, is this going to be a crash today? What is this? But thankfully it was not. And it looks like we're heading up again today a little bit. Uh, Dow futures are up 289 just as a review yesterday. Uh, Dow was down 84. S&P was up 9, so call that almost flat. NASDAQ, however, was up a little bit, 114. That's 1%. They were down 5% the day before, so that's not even a, not even close to a Fibonacci bounce. It's like a dead cat bounce, but we'll see today. Over in Europe, we've got the DAX up 175, 1.3. These guys were all down yesterday pretty heavy. FTSE up 78, 1%. CAC around up 118, almost 2%. So, Pretty solidly to the uh, uh, upside there. Asia, uh, Nikkei up 46.2%. Shanghai up 22.7%. Hang Seng, which you got clobbered yesterday, is up 190 at 1%. Bonds, uh, down 6 basis points to uh, 2.93. They've been over 3, 3% for a little while. The Bund minus 2 basis points, so they're back under 1.98. Uh, Japan, 0.25, where they've been forever, causing a lot of this. A dollar yen movement is one's moving and not the other. Uh, oil up 388 to 103.64, so back up over 100 bucks by by a ways. That's a almost a four percent move. Uh, Brent up 375, 106.21. Natural gas up 11 cents, 749, but down from the high of over eight bucks, but still 749 is high. Our Bob up five cents, 359. As gas prices are pretty much at a record, we're gonna talk about those when we get back on uh, the show. Gold up 11 bucks, 1852. 
So that's a bounce. But talking about a dead cat bounce, it was 2,000 three weeks ago. Uh, silver up 36 cents, 21.78. Copper up 8 cents, 4.23. I'm long some calls in the gold. The calls are so far out of the money, you, you can't even see them. I mean, uh, it's pretty scary. Uh, crypto, Bitcoin up 338, 31,685. It's managing to hang in there with all these stories around about how many places are, are keying on Bitcoin. So I, I, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Oh, Yanni, what do you got for us, Trevi? Weather sports. Thanks so much, Chief. Good morning, everyone. Currently 6.36 a.m. on May 11th. Let's start with sports. Uh, looking at basketball, Suns beat the Mavericks last night, 110-80. to And moving on over to baseball, White Sox beat the Guardians last night, 4-1. to Cubs lost to the Padres last night, 4-5. to And Diamondbacks beat Marlins last night, 9-3. to Looking at weather in Chicago this morning, beautiful morning. Partly cloudy, 76 with a high of 86, low of 72. And in Phoenix, currently sunny, 67 with a high of 87 and a low of 56. And moving on to traffic this morning, we have traffic eastbound on 290 between East North Avenue and Austin Boulevard with an accident at East St. Charles. We have traffic eastbound on 88 between Kingery and Highway 45. Traffic southbound on 294 between 22nd Street and 75th Street. Traffic eastbound on 90 between Lee Street and Lawrence. Traffic eastbound on 94 between West North Avenue and Canalport. Traffic westbound on 94 between 130th and West North Avenue. Uh, traffic northbound on the Stevenson between Cass Avenue and the 94 East Ramp with expected delays uh, a little bit later in the day as President Biden will be coming to speak at McCormick Place. So there will be uh, quite a bit of security around McCormick Place and some uh, blockades between the Stevenson and Lakeshore Drive. So expect traffic a little bit later in the day just to look out for that. Uh, back to you, Chief. Well, it's a good thing we closed that Meg's Field so we got to drive in there instead of helicopter him. Yeah, I mean, he's. I think he's going to fly in, but because they're going to have like a, you know, God knows how much security detail around the building, they're going to. It's going to probably cause a bit of traffic either way. Well, I bet he's motorcade in for all here. Which means they will close the Kennedy. What a pain in the ass. I know. Anyway, Kevin, I'm looking at this. Uh, um, this just real quick on the Bitcoin because I want to get into some of this gas in a minute because we talked a lot yesterday with Professor Hal about who's the big winner in inflation. Um, if you look here. On the page around these UST people, it says forty uh, percent um, now of uh, of people that have forty three percent of people who have Bitcoin are now underwater. Okay, all right. So you get this. You ever, you ever, you ever see like a movie or not even a movie like the slow mo the slow motion sort of thing, Kevin? Where there's two or three things kind of out of whack. You know, well, don't worry, it's not going to rain. Oh, by the way, I left this outside. Oh, by the way, I did this and. Left the window open, and you know some pump does. Well, there's some some a bunch of little things kind of together, and you just sit there. When you get older, you sit there and go, "No, wait a minute. If this happens, all these things are going to go down like dominoes." And you know, and, and you just get this eerie feeling that all it's going to take is one one variable event, and all kinds of things that people have even thought were in trouble are in trouble, type of thing. You know. Don't worry, it won't, it won't flood. Don't worry. All of a sudden, we will never get three inches of rain. All that kind of crap. Well, I'm looking here at this, this Bitcoin, and we talk about this UST people. Now, I might have to, to puke out some Bitcoin to, to miss, to save this thing at the dollar, whatever that even means. And I look and see that, well, okay, 43% of Bitcoin owners are now underwater. But I also know that, that means that the, the first people who got in, they told everybody else to buy, are probably getting a little nervous because they were they had the money in their back pocket and now all of a sudden it's shrinking by the day. And then you get down to where this micro strategy, if it gets down to twenty two thousand, they got some massive margin call. And you can just you can just sort of feel you can almost see this thing in your eye like a domino set. All of a sudden 
It's, it sneaks below 30. These guys got to puke some out. All of a sudden, people say, the hell with this thing. It's not what it was cracked up to be. They start selling it. All of a sudden, it hits 22,000. Those guys, so you just, you get the, you, you, you can almost see the collision course coming here. Can't you, Kevin? Well, and, and that's, actually, when I was talking about 2008, that's what I was starting to describe, actually. Is yeah. That same thing. One domino keeps knocking down the next one, keeps knocking down the next one until they all fall down. And, um, you know, I, I don't know where I don't know where I don't understand cryptocurrencies as as a, as an investment or as a, a place to park money. I, I get why people you know have created them and what they do, um, but uh, but but I don't I, I don't understand what bids the price up, bids the price down, other than scarcity and people and demand. I you know that that part I understand, but why why demand? Why do I want to just have it? It's uh, in my inventory, and so uh, you know, I, I I expect it's going to crash because none of it makes any sense the way it is, um, and and maybe that's just me. Maybe there's somebody you can get on here who comes in and they say, oh yeah, here's here's where it's going. Here's why this is important. Here's why you'd want some, you know, want to hold some just like you want to hold any precious metals or something like that. But the you know the value is there's no intrinsic value to it. At least when we were talking about Peloton, there's some base intrinsic value to it. At least when we were talking about Netflix, there's some base intrinsic value to what they have, if nothing else, the company's assets. So, um, you know, I, it's, yeah, it's, it, there, there's going to be a series of events that causes it to come tumbling down. There's always a series of events that, that puts pressure on, on things. Well, I don't, I, don't, I don't understand from day one, Kevin. When I say I don't understand, is these are not these are not idiots they become touts okay i can see you become less forthcoming transparent <laughs> whatever you want to call it when when you're when you're pushing something i mean every, i mean i i have very little of it in me and you and you can tell by my you know the fact that i don't even push myself really on the show as a money manager i do very very little of that and in fact i think i'm pretty good at it in fact i know i'm pretty good at it but i don't that's not why i'm here it's that's it but some people they, they they never stop touting something. When you go to the racetrack, there was always guys for five bucks. They tell you who they thought their horse was going to be. Okay, fine. I always, I always bought the stuff from the guys because I figured they needed it, even though I never bet it. They told me to bet. But I don't understand how there never was a separation in the whole in the whole concept, Kevin. I mean, you look at what's happening. Okay, just just go down the block. There's places that people don't want to take cash for whatever reason. Young people are willing to. To trade any sort of privacy for convenience, but as to why they do that, I don't know. Maybe they've never got stung. Maybe they've never been, they've never been bitten in the ass by by something not private. But but whatever. The, the, so you have and you have uh, people that want all your regulators want cash out of the system. They want to know everything that you do everywhere. Okay. So and you see uh, governments across the board debasing their currency, like we talk about every friggin' day on this show. I mean, the, the dollar is being debased. The ninety percent of the population doesn't even understand it's happening, but it is. It's not gasoline is up; it's the dollars down. But but if I if I was in a room of a thousand people, there'd only be five people that don't even understand what I'm talking about. But that's what it is. We are debasing our currency, but because it's the only currency most of us have ever known, we don't get that concept. So it, it doesn't surprise me at all that somebody somewhere, some Arab sheik or some uh, you know somebody with a, with a little beard coming down off Mount Everest. Is designing a, a different way to pay people that avoids governments and avoid avoids cash, uh, and the, the mechanism of this Bitcoin. People, you've told me, you've educated me, 
is spectacular. But you don't buy the mechanism. Well, it, it, it is. The underlying technology is great, but the underlying technology also creates transparency of every transaction. So it doesn't hide a, a damn thing. Um, well, you know, it, 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 because because you can you, you can't change any you can't change history. You can only uh, uh, add uh, add blocks to the chain. Uh, so, well, my, my, my so point it, is, it's it's, it's, uh, it, it's it, the only difference is that I, I don't think I don't think the U.S. government knows who to subpoena yet. Well, that's right. But my point is, if it doesn't surprise me that there would be some movement towards uh, this shekel, for lack of a better term, or whatever you want to call it, this 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 Eliani is worth uh, is worth a cup of oil, or it's worth a grain of silver, it's worth something. Because because th- well, I'm saying that, but there's I'm a kidding, there's, there's a there's a there's a separation between the system and why you want to uh, say an alternative payment system and the value of the thing you're using. The value of the thing you're using, you, th- that has become the the uh, the mantra of the whole thing. And th- that has nothing to do with anything. It, it, sh- it should have a base where I know at the end of the day, I can I can walk into some place in Saudi Arabia and walk out with 50 gallons of gas. Whatever it is, there needs to be some base value to the thing. Because, But I, I clearly understand why people are looking for a an alternative payment system. I get that. I mean, I've got it. I, I'm applauding that, but the idea that you you bid the thing up that's worth it's an artificial stock for God's sake is all it is, Kevin. Well, what, yeah, and what's going to happen is uh, in in reality, I think is you're going to see the uh, U.S. government come up with a dollar denominated cryptocurrency, and then they actually will have um, they they will have plenty of uh, access to um, our most private transactions. Well, I'm saying, but that's what they're trying to do now. If you take cash out of the system, and your your buddy Larry Summers, I remember him being on with uh, with uh, Becky Quick uh, years ago or something. When she says, uh, that, you know, he was talking about we may have to go to negative interest rates, and Becky says, "Well, that just means I'm going to take my money out of the bank and put it in a safety deposit box." And I think it was Summers says, "Well, that's why you shouldn't be able to have currency." And I'm, as soon as I heard that, I'm like. The air went up in the back of my neck like there's no tomorrow. Hey, but Kevin, let's shift over to this. We, we have well, gonna... before you do. Yeah. You, you know, you keep talking about uh, the dead cat bounce, and and I do think we need we need a song for the dead cat bounce. You know, something for bumper music. And, El- and we may have to actually, uh, you know, um, get our favorite producer slash lyricist slash singer to record something. But I'm thinking we might be able to do something to the tune of Cat Scratch Fever. You know, like dead okay. dead cats uh, yeah. uh, fever. Uh, or or the uh, stray cat strut, you know, we could do the uh, dead cat bounce with that to the same tune and and come up with the lyrics. So we'll we'll have to work on that. Okay, sounds good. All right, <laughs> you up, you up <laughs> for it, Elia? <laughs> she's she's capable. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Kevin, uh, who was I? Ta- I was talking to Professor Hal yesterday. And we were talking about you know the the different brackets in the Reagan era where everybody who you know can't wait. What it's like. Uh, yeah, I remember pages and pages of uh, you know add, add, add a few more bucks onto your uh, tax uh, yeah uh, tax percentage. I mean, basically, it said here X dollars plus five percent of the amount over it. Yep. You know, so if you if you hit uh, um, you know fifty thousand dollars, it would say uh, there, there would be an, an entry for fifty one thousand, and it would be so they would say here's the here, X dollars of tax plus. Um, I don't know, forty uh, percent of the uh, amount between fifty and uh, fifty-one and fifty-two. It was crazy. Well, remember, uh, 
Edith and Archie. Uh, <clears throat> we need a man like Herbert Hoover again. I won't try and say it. Well, that, you know, it's all you hear about is... Well, you you know, worse than Jean Stapleton did with her Edith oh, no, uh, she, she expectation, was a, so... She was the best. Archie, anyway, what a great... Boy, talk about... She, she, she was absolutely great. And she actually had a very lovely singing voice. Now, could you, could you even put that show on today? You couldn't. No way. Too politically incorrect. Oh, there's a lot of shows you couldn't put on today. That is accurate. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? There, there's, there's nothing wrong with them. And uh, in terms of you just know what they are. You know the time period. Know whatever. I just... I... Uh, you think you could put Hogan's Heroes on? No. You know, the, the show about <laughs> all those wacky Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that would not fly. Well, you know, it's with... Uh, There's a reason why these things don't fly anymore. <laughs> well, you know, but, you know I, I would, uh, once in a while, I sneak a YouTube look at uh, Amos and Andy. I am startled by how good the acting is, how good the writing is. I mean, I, I understand the the, the 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 repercussions and all the stuff and what it... what, But I tell you what... You should you should not debase the talent of the people that did the show, in the room. I mean, it's funny as hell. Well, no, well and, and yeah. I don't you know I, no, I don't think anyone's going after the actors. They're going after the content. Television, yeah. uh, but on the other hand, um, as a uh, you know a, a, anybody who is a film student or anybody who's a history student should have access to it because it gives you some understanding of the times. Yes, and then it also gives you understanding of of comedy. Any any every show that's yeah. been been that. Sort of that, uh, you have to be able to see yourself in the show. And every, and every, especially the males, uh, because it, look at the Three Stooges. There's every personality of, of guy is in the Stooges. There's the control freak, there's the goofball, and there's a the guy who just wants everybody to get along, right? <laughs> he's, he's the, 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 the defense mender, Larry. Well, you go to the, you go to the, uh, Amos and Andy, it's the same thing. Well, I think with comedy, I mean, and then this is this remains true for whatever generation that comedy rings true to whatever the context of the social culture is then, and it's the same. The same applies now. But I think, I think what's upsetting to me as someone who loves comedy is, you know, I uh, I think it was um, Dave Chappelle recently. He he got attacked on stage, like someone like yeah. actually like went after him on stage, and uh, Jamie Fox had to fight somebody off. And there's, there's some, cause someone got offended by something he said. And I'm like, he's talking about something he believes in. If you don't like, you know, you don't have to like it, you know, but it's, it's the reality of the life he's, he's lived and he's talking about something that rings true to him and you want to get angry? Do you think Dan Rickles gets a job today? Jesus. You ever, you ever, you ever, any, you ever seen Dan Rickles shows? Oh yeah, no, but there's, there's, there's people like him, you know, this generation. There's, there's people that, that speak like him and that have the kind of same, um, the, I guess the like the vibe of of their speaking habits and the things that they talk about and how they talk about it. People are still as relentless now as they are then. It's just that they're afraid now because people will actually apparently will now attack them. <laughs> so yeah, uh, you know what's what, what's missing? I, I think in comedy is um, that that comedy now for a, for a very large percentage of the performers is just what am what why am I angry? Um, and and anger doesn't cut it as far as i'm concerned it's, it, you may get some good sarcasm out of there but it's it, it, in the end it's not all that entertaining i don't have that, I don't have but, that experience what i find entertaining instead is you, you need to tap into human condition um i think a lot and, of them as do Tom said, it's got to be something where people can relate to it well some um, people like i saw right. jenny carson in, in vegas and yeah all he did was talk about regular stuff <laughs> in a way that was just hilarious <clears throat> but he he was talking about in Nebraska they wouldn't let you get Playboy, so all he had was a National Geographic. Back, back when they used to have, 
like, like way before your time. They, 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 they had all these ladies from Africa, and they would never have any tops on. <laughs> so he'd say, you have to go up in the attic with the National Geographic because you couldn't buy Playboy in his town. <laughs> anyway, we were, we were talking yesterday about uh, who benefit, who benefit, who benefits, uh, who's on who? first. Yeah, who, you know, who's on first. Uh, so I dig up this thing, Illinois policy, okay. Um, I'm going to quiz you two mavens. Now they have a, for every for every spot we've got here in Illinois, Chicago, Cook, DuPage, blah blah blah, downstate, non Coward County. Right, we're talking about Chicago, uh, the, the the great city that doesn't really work anymore. Uh, mm. Price per gallon, okay, four seventy seven, which I guess is where it is. Actually, it's mostly over five hours downtown. Gallons you purchase. Now this is you, Eliani, because you don't really get to the burbs that much. Gallons you purchase, twelve dollars. Now I'll do the math for you here. Okay. Total price fifty seven twenty four. Mm. What do you suppose the effective tax rate is of the various cutthroats that are taking it? I couldn't tell you. <laughs> Kevin? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's better than half. No, it's 31%. Well, let's not be... Okay. But now, if, if, first of all, there's sales tax on there, right? So right. if the price goes up a buck, they get another dime, or mm-hmm. 11 cents. Chicago tax, 353 Illinois tax, 772 Federal tax two twenty one, hmm. so the total tax burden is thirteen forty five. Now, I have a, I got a, I have a question. Why the hell, if that's the case, you know what, Kevin? We need a really we need an expert. I don't know why this fascinates me, but whenever they talk about infrastructure and the highways and this thing, we have we have a trust fund at the federal level, and I think we're supposed to have one at the state level to pay for this stuff. I'd I'd love to find out who who pays for what. I mean, if it's an interstate highway. I have to assume that the Fed pays for. They, they think they paid like ninety percent of the original construction. I, I'm lobbing this out there. I don't. That's why I wanted to confirm. Mm. And I think they pay for most of the repairs. Like they're paying for most of this burn interchange fiasco. Yeah. Um, now, what about a U.S. highway? A U.S. twelve, U.S. twenty, U.S. thirty. No. I've always wondered about these things. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, how? I'm like, because I'm always thinking like, because I, I mean, I moved to the states in 1997. And there's been construction here since, and like, oh, right, like on yeah. on two ninety and ninety four. I'm like, who? I'm like, who's who's paying for this shit? <laughs> well, I mean, that's, it's, it's in the highway trust fund, and you're talking about every fifteen, twenty years, you you resurface, and every forty years, you pretty much got to redo. I mean, I, I off on my days, but it's not. Yeah, it, but it's it's like it's been the the same the same highways have been under construction uh, for at least the last twenty years. Well, you, you 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 put them together. I mean, there was the there was the bridge on the Dan Ryan that took two years. Then there was. The rest of the Dan Ryan, which took three years, and it was a Kennedy. They're all they're all really totally separate projects. Even though, if you drive one into the city or the other, all you know is you're stuck. Right? Yeah. So to you, it's it's all the same thing, just just something different. It's a different spot every year. It just seems like it never ends. Well, that's right. Well, it never does. Yeah. Well, I mean, two years from now, they're going to start in Eisenhower. Yeah. You know, so anyway, but this now as to why Illinois would be getting almost four times as much as the federal tax. Now I'm, I'm going to say that. W- what does Illinois pay for? Now, the Western Avenue Bridge in Blue Island, which is now a three on a scale of one to ten, what kind of shape it's in, clearly it needs a serious amount of work. It was built in 1966. I'm going to say that Illinois pays that totally on their own, right, Kevin? Because it's not a U.S. highway and it's not an interstate. It's a state road. Now, does this... Well, I bet you they get some federal grant money for it, though. Um, in, in an infrastructure bill... I'm saying there's got to be a difference between a bridge on the Ryan... A bridge on US 30 and a bridge on State Road 7 and some road that's just in a city. 
I mean, there's got to be different people. In, in Division Street. Yeah, in, in, in like Division Street. But okay, look, their total tax burden is thirteen forty-five. But I don't think I don't think any. I I was stunned at that. I didn't realize Illinois got seven seventy-two out of the deal. So the state, the, the so they're they're getting over ten percent, city and state of your gas purchases. And federal is getting a little bit. Federal has got now. If you but now get a load of this. Now remember that number thirty one percent. If you go to Cook County outside Chicago, now we're down to twenty three percent. The wow. Cook County only gets seventy two cents versus um, the the three fifty three that Chicago gets. Huh. Now if you go to uh, where the hell are we? We'll, we'll say to downstate. Yeah. T- we're down to twenty one percent. Down the non collar non county tax is zero, so all you pay is Illinois and federal. You pay no, 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 no thing to your county or whatever. Now this the city, I think part of that tax is supposed to go to the uh, RTA, right, Kevin? Well, how's the RTA doing? They got a bunch of homeless people and and, and, and criminals are they're kicking people they're kicking people off the damn trains, damn near. I mean, everybody's afraid to ride the damn thing. This is this is crazy. I am these days, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... I mean, I, so we got all this money going there. What, what exactly is the city doing with all this dough? There's, there's, there's potholes everywhere. You can't you can't ride the rapid... Well, I'm not saying you can't, but it's more difficult for people to ride the rapid transit. Mm. And wh- what are we doing with all this cash? It's a good question. So, I mean... But, Important things, Tom, I'm sure. But I'm saying, uh, if... Don't... don't well, think, I, I, I am sure that we are... Um, um, Fighting global warming and assuring um, inclusion. Yeah, well, but my point is, is it from from the gas going from three bucks a gallon to four seventy seven? The, the city and state, well, the feds are up just a little bit. Uh, actually, the feds are not up anything because they're just what? Ten, what are they just per gallon, right? Um, so they they actually are probably they're only getting what they get uh, a dime on the twelve on the twelve gallons. So that's two twenty one. Or no, you get twenty cents a gallon. Right? Isn't that what they get? So that's two twenty, something like that. I'm your word for it. Keep going. So what I'm saying is, the the biggest beneficiary, and all they do is rag about the oil companies. Cities doing better than oil companies. Yeah. Well, you know what? First of all, they count on uh, on not knowing it, so you can demagogue it because uh, because the average person doesn't know this stuff, and the you know the oil companies don't they don't get a good uh, platform for uh, communicating it too, but um, I, I don't even know if it's their job to uh, you know to communicate it. Although if they want to take the heat off themselves, they do have to get the word out. The the problem it always is um, that you know I, I take it back to our our quality of education in general. We don't cover the important stuff any more than we cover personal finance in high schools anymore. <laughs> you know? I've always complained about this. I don't know why they don't teach young people how to do productive things like how to build a resume and how to file taxes and things like that and like how to oh, yeah. how to fix a flat well, tire and, and i can say for my own part that uh, living in uh, in the community college world i do get to do that yeah our focus is on making people employable in jobs that are good jobs you know good middle class jobs for the most part and if mm. they want to go on to uh, to get the uh, a bachelor's degree or more uh, then they're you know they're welcome to do it, but the big focus right off the bat is to say let's make you employable because we have so many people who come out of poverty that you know I just want to I just want to see my people get into 
uh, into jobs that uh, give them a comfortable life and uh, uh, you know and and the ability to you know to buy a new car when they need one and take a vacation when they want to and you know just uh, the real basic things that um, you know when when Tom and I were kids uh, most people did. Yeah. Well, Audrey's had a um, couple of uh, through the years. She said maybe more than a couple, mostly ladies, uh, mostly minority. Uh, She's a terrific people. They have a really good job, good education, and uh, a couple of them were still cashing their their essentially white collar paycheck at the at the currency exchange. And Audrey's like, "What are you doing that for? <laughs> Don't you have a bank account?" Oh no, I. She she actually took a couple of them to the bank, which is not really her job. She goes, "Here's a lady, well dressed." Articulate, got a really good job, and she's cashing her cashing her crap at the currency exchange, paying to get it cashed. She had no idea that that a, a bank would work for her. I'm like, good lord. I mean, the, you know, the you know the, the the basics of this, Kevin. You're right. We, and that's why I, I honestly think we have to open up some of these high schools at night for the adults in these neighborhoods. Yeah, I think, and it would be a good use of the property too. Yeah. So uh, you know, just get more use out of it. But yeah, Florida, you know, just. Did, did just pass into law a uh, requirement to graduate that you have to uh, complete the, uh, their personal finance course. So I think that was a good move. Right, Kevin, we'll talk at you, Fred. We'll talk, talk some sports, and you have to talk me out of, uh, the, are the Cubs the worst team I've ever seen? Mm, no, I think the Orioles in the recent years have had some worse teams. Well, I don't get it. Cubs bad. They, you know, they're only 70, they're 75 to 1 to win the World Series. The Orioles are like three or 400. I mean, well, the, the Orioles actually have improved a little bit, but uh, uh, but they uh, because they have some young talent. But the Cubs, yeah, pretty bad team. Uh, is there any? You have to not know the odds if you if you bet that to think that they have a. Well, especially if you take the Cubs and you you stack them up over the weekend against the Dodgers, who have a really really good team, and the contrast is pretty stark. The was, it like, was it like did not belong on the field with them? What was it like it was thirty, like, 30 to five? Like, it was like they were the Muffalettas, and, yeah. and we were and. Else. We were the syndicate, which we were. <laughs> SP Futures up 47. SA Futures up, up 180. That was our, the name of our team early on, early on of the syndicate. So. Gotcha. Well, the reason why we did that is because somebody gave us a bunch of t shirts that said syndicate Adam, so we had, we had to become the syndicate. We got free shirts. <laughs> and we'll be right back, Mr. Russell Rhodes. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time to gain for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. 
Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hear ye, hear ye! The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air! Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. You are out of control! Here, right now, right here, right now. Hello, Mark Banks, Fashion Jacks. I'm Tom Howell. Eliane on the board. SP Futures up 46. Nasdaq Futures up 173. This looks like a, a firmer rally than yesterday. Yesterday was wobbly. We were down a couple times. Got the CPI numbers coming out in a little bit here, and everybody's got themselves convinced now that inflation is in the rearview mirror. I don't know necessarily about that. Do we have the professor with us? I'm here. How are you? I'm pretty good. Professor, uh, Kevin mentioned a name. Boy, I haven't heard of heard the name in years and years. There was a... We we played in a, in a doubleheader league in Mount Greenwood on Sunday for I don't know twenty five years maybe, and uh, there was a team there called the Muffalettas, and they were guys from the mm-hmm. hood, and they they ne- they never didn't show, they didn't never didn't play hard, they lost they were in the tri- they were written up in the Tribune as losing like seventy five or eighty games in a row or something, and yet it was it was bizarre they, they if you you never want to lose them you don't want to be the first team right, but yet. Mm-hmm. They they always played hard. They gave people like really good games every week. It just never won. <laughs> and but they, they they but they never stopped trying. I mean, if they were down eight eight runs in the seventh inning, they came at you. you know, so it was fun playing them. I knew I knew all these guys. But uh, that it just shows you that you don't necessarily have to win to to be to enjoy yourself in, in athletics. You know, I mean they they never they never shirked. They never didn't run on a ground ball, and yet. They just weren't very good, and they just wanted to play with their friends, and they weren't going to recruit other people. And Yay, that was sports. That was that was just them. Mm-hmm. But they, they had a big write up in the in the trib, and one of the guys who was uh, the captain, a guy named Murphy. I don't know if he's still alive or not. Um, he was always the first guy to get the. Remember when you had to wait in the line to get the permits for the picnic grove? You want a picnic in the summer? I don't know if you yeah. Right. He, he he would he would park himself in front of the county building, and maybe. New Year's Eve morning, like early morning, like four in the morning with a lounge chair and a cooler, and he'd sit there, and he was always the first guy in line for the, because everybody else is buying all the stuff for the picnic, the least I could do is get the permit. And he, he was, for 25 years, he was first guy in line until you, you started doing it on the line. But if, all those guys, you, every, every New Year's Day morning, or the, on the second, you'd see, you know, 50 chairs lined up, lounge chairs, guys waiting for the permit. It was a, it was a thing, you know. It was a thing. There's just not, and, and you just can't. All the things have just gone away. Yeah, but it's a. You say, why would anybody do that? All of a sudden, he he met the same people every year from all different parts of the county. Mm-hmm. They all become friends. <laughs> How would you even, you know? It's a. 
you, you know, you lose all that on waiting on line, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to. Did you ever have to camp out for concert tickets? I, I most of my buddies did. I never did. They would. Plus, they uh, would. Yeah, they, I uh, remember doing that. That was an awful lot of fun. I know they waited all night to get the Notre Dame basketball and football tickets. The earlier you got, the better seats you got. So, but you, but you could bring other people's stuff. So I was always the guy. I let's put it this way: I went to class, I handed over the notes, and they got the tickets. How did that? How did that work out? Is that a fair deal? That worked out good. I, I think you, you had a double win there because yeah. you stayed smart and you didn't have to sleep outside. No, they were all they, they were happy with it. They were okay with it. But we always had good seats. And uh, mm-hmm. you, have, you have to be organized, you know. That's why I think these oh, yeah. kids don't – the amount of organization they used to take at age 16 to get a basketball game together, or, or you had to call everybody's mother, find out where they were. I mean, it, was, it, was, it was work, but it was an education. Right, you just, you just didn't post on right. Facebook and hope people showed. You actually had a call. That's why you knew everybody's mom. Um, anyway, so are, are you are you in the camp that uh, the, the the talking heads on TV have got inflation in the rearview mirror? It's all over. It's behind us. It's peaked. We're good to go. It's t- yeah. It's totally going to be fixed, and we're going to find out in about twenty two minutes for sure that it's fixed. But it's totally fixed. Yeah. Didn't Biden tell us we're we're in, we're you know, it, just like back what, in the 70s, the second we got our with inflation now um, button, that it was over. Yeah, hey, do you ever, boy, here's one, <laughs> from, here's one from the past. Uh, uh, do you ever teach or even cover or even mention uh, Nixon's wage, wage and price controls? Oh, yeah, absolutely. What, what do you, what do you say about it? As a precursor to, you know, as a, you know, Precursor to you know uh, uh, the inflation that we got later in that in that decade. Well, I mean, what do you what do you specifically say about the program? Did it, is it is it known to have helped hurt? I mean, I, the, way I, the way I remember it, it was a long time ago. For those that don't remember, uh, Nixon came out with uh, his wage and price controls, and it goosed the market for like what two three days in a row. It was like one of the biggest rallies ever, and one of the dumbest policies probably ever. And uh, he. But the the list of stuff, it, it wasn't as simple as take your take your tax thing. As I recall, Russell, it wasn't as simple as you can't raise any prices. And oh, by the way, don't expect to raise it. If if it came down the line to where something to you was imported, it was higher. Then you got to raise it. Or there was there had to be how many pages of exceptions in there to the point where you wonder how the hell it even it even was supposed to work. I mean, I, I don't well, that's how government that's how government programs do work. Yeah, well, do do work or don't. They sound, work. they sound really awesome, you know, on the surface, and they they have a. It's a really good idea, but so much other crap gets getting thrown in. It's ridiculous. Um, the uh, you know, to, to, yeah, it's I, not exactly the same thing. But but my favorite example of that, that's more recent, is we raised uh, we raised corporate income or raised corporate taxes in Illinois you know, a few years ago. And every time a company threatened to leave, they got an exception. Yeah. And then and you're the one that taught me this one. Is and eventually, what ended up happening was Illinois collected less in taxes because some people, some companies left, and the other ones just went back to the lower rate. And the only people that paid the higher rate were, you know, the smaller companies that they didn't care if they left or not. Yeah, they're the fish like us. The ones, yeah, yeah. Because I, I do believe that there was a mention of a and e group and then maybe Chibo following them down to Texas. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, well, 
the idea was, and then then you had the uh, debate as if the people are here, but the computers are in Texas. Is the CBOE really in Texas or here? And and all yeah. all that kind of bizarre world that you get into with this stuff. And you know, the I I, I almost this will never happen in our lifetime. Yet, uh, but I, I I don't really think that there ought to be a federal law that a state cannot. Uh, change the rates for one person versus another. Not, not, there ought to be a law. I sound like some goof off in the hood. Uh, but it's, yeah, there should be. Yeah, there ought to be. Uh, yeah, there, there absolutely should be. There, you, you shouldn't, uh, individual companies should not get an, you know, a, an exception. Uh, and the company next door, but it's just like, you know, if, if I'm paying property, you just take it down to a personal level. Uh, the, the guy next door, uh, because he knows the you know the mayor of my burb, uh, he really shouldn't get you know a you know a drop on his property taxes relative to my property taxes. We all should be kind of paying within the same range of each other. That's the same thing with the company. Uh, you shouldn't be you know one company just because CME Group's bigger than Zebo, and those are two big exchanges here in Chicago. Uh, you know CME Group shouldn't get a break, and Zebo doesn't. Uh, it, it, that's not morally right. It probably should not be legislatively right as well, but I, th- I think the deal with uh, yeah. is it is it John Deere or is it Caterpillar? One of the two. One's in Peoria. Where's the other one? The other's in uh, who's the Caterpillar's other? Caterpillar's downstate. Uh, yeah, one's in Peoria and one's uh. Anyway, one of them when they were going to leave, I I, th- I think the uh, the state income taxes paid by employees go to the company or something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. I, uh, but you know it, it, it is it, it is interesting, um, Russell. I had a argument, and it's a good thing there was no concealed carry. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. A discussion with a gentleman who's you know friend, and uh, but he's very difficult to talk to uh, on the show. And uh, he, well, he was he used to be on the show a lot till he uh, doesn't work downtown anymore. But he um, r- real bright guy. He's my my oil expert. Uh, you'd know if I mentioned the name. But we're we're sitting one night and uh and uh you know having a cocktail over at the series, and I said you know I, I'm not real happy with all this money the the Cubs are getting. I mean, I mean, and he goes, "What do you mean? They're the Cubs? Look how many people they bring here." I said, "Well, I don't know how many people they bring here, and, and by the way, neither do you." <laughs> you know, okay? And he said, "Well, it's the Cubs. You can't you can't let them leave. Whatever they not, you got you got to give it to them." And I said, "You know." Uh, I won't say the guy's <laughs> won't say the guy's name, but I'll say Shani, uh, the second the second largest uh, visitor visited spot in the city. No, there's not anymore because they closed it. Was the was the visitors gallery at the board of trade? I said every time. Are you going to assume that that person only came here to see the visitors gallery? And that you, you're going to give the Board of Trade $1,000 every time somebody comes here because they had to get a hotel room and everything else. I mean, if, if, mm-hmm. if, if we're going to, if we're going to pay out to individuals that have a singular, you know, uh, capability of dragging people in from out of state and causing a certain amount of commerce here that wouldn't have been here if that person wasn't here, then I think there needs to be a window where anybody who does that on any level should be able to go and say, by the way, I did uh, Russell and Chief did 15 option seminars last year, and every time 50 people showed up, 
And oh, by the way, they had the 50 times 5 nights they were here is 250 hotel rooms. And by the way, that's 750 meals. And we think we added, you know, 80 grand to the, to the, to the commerce. We want our 10%. If there's, if there's, if there's, I want my money. Yeah, if there's such a window like that, that, it, that people actually went out and made sure we were correct and everything, I guess I wouldn't have a problem with it, other than I think it's a horrible idea. But, I mean, at least if it was even, I could roll with it. I, I just don't want it. this BS. Oh, man, look at all these people coming. The Cubs coming. Look, look at the people that uh, uh, come here for the Cardinals series. And then I say, yeah, but how many Cub fans leave town to go to St. Louis to watch the, the Cubs down there? Now, do you got to subtract that? Oh, no, you can't do it. I mean, I mean when, it, when it's... Go to Milwaukee. Yeah, go to Milwaukee. It's a home game. Yeah, so, I, I, mean, I, yeah. I mean, at some point... You sit there and you say, "What about me?" I, I mean, I know what the you know the the Bible was the prodigal son, and then they paid the guy for half a day's work, the same as the other. I know you can't always be bitching about what the other guy gets, but let's face it. I mean, it, the 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 city in itself back then, I don't know about now, every part of it, every every building, everybody who, who cleaned their place, every bar, every restaurant, every every theater, it, it was a, a was a vibrant place that people wanted to visit. For exactly. You, for you to say, oh no, I'm the baseball team. You got to give me four hundred million dollars, but screw that hotel or screw the board of trade. That's not right. I mean, I, I don't think. Mm-hmm. No, not right at all. So it's, it's funny that you you mentioned it. That we, we one of my kids. We were talking about where we're going to go this summer at dinner um, late last week, and one of my kids said, "You know, the, the people get all excited about visiting Chicago." <laughs> You know, they grew up here and they don't really have that perspective. We're like, oh yeah, they. They're like, well, why do they like to come here? And you know, we mentioned the plays, and we never mentioned the Cubs, but that's because we're White Sox people. Uh, well, you right? mentioned the White Sox. You know, they're, they're, yeah, there are tons. There are tons, of, and I know not as many people come here to go to Sox games as go to Cub games. But um, still, yeah, it, it, our response was, well, it used to be like that. We don't really think people are. You know, as excited about coming to Chicago as they used to be, uh, <laughs> but uh, but still, you know, the, the reasons that people come here are well beyond just the Cubs. But you know, it's it's the Cubs, and they get you know they they're going to get some special treatment. Well, but you you have you know, but but the special treatment goes all over the place. Uh, and the thing is, we we talk about well, what you know. Everybody should have to pay their exact same fair share. Well, the problem is if you if, if you implement something like that and you don't give incentives to the big companies like Boeing, who is now leaving, yeah, um, you, you, that's what ends up happening. Is you because and the problem is our state if we don't if we don't play ball the exact same way as the other forty nine states or you know at least the other states that have very large cities that you'd want to put a company in. Uh, you're going to start losing all your companies. Well, but that, that's what I'm saying. That has you, to. You've got to. That, that so has you to stop. Make it, you got to make it a national type thing, but then you start stepping on states' rights. And as a Southern boy, I get really fired up about state rights. Well, state but rights. The, the people in the state should should say, "What are you giving that guy that for?" Because I, I don't know. Has any one of these deals ever panned out for a? I have in my voluminous files here, oh, mess if you want to call it. I probably have five or eight studies on building uh, sports complexes for people, AAA, soccer, you name it. Not, not one of them was worth it. Not one. Mm-hmm. Not even close. And yet the idea is, oh, man, if we don't 
if we don't come up with ninety bazillion dollars for the Bears, uh, they'll leave. So what? Who cares? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you watch. Uh, I was at the yeah. I was at the Tripoli Tap last night with my, my uh, lawyer buddies. And I, I, plus, I like watching the Bruins the Bruins crowd because the Bruins got their ass kicked last night, which is always kind of fun to watch. The guy next to me, the two guys sit down, and the guy he, he's got a backpack on. I'm going, okay, well, it's fine. A lot of people with backpacks, and uh, he's got you know it's, it's warmer than hell, so he's got a you know shirt and shorts on. All of a sudden, the game. They get on the ice, and he pulls this big honking, hot as hell Bruin jersey out of the backpack and like suits up for the game. <laughs> what, what are you doing? Here, here's a guy who was 35 years old. It wasn't like he was 20. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Put it, having to put that thing on so you can watch the game at a bar. <laughs> anyway, the uh, but the idea that uh, you know you you would have to come up with this cash for these places. I, well, I was watching the Detroit game. Russell, I, the weather had to be pretty nice in Detroit. There, there couldn't have been, there couldn't have been a thousand people there. And I'm yeah. sure they're, I'm sure they're announcing attendance of eleven, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe were people down getting burgers or something. Fifteen hundred max. I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't know what these places are doing for the. You know what? I don't know how much Detroit gave the team for that place or whatever. I mean, I mean the White Sox. What they 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 have the best deal in sports. They pay what a million dollars a year. It's if if they if they draw over a million people or something like that or two million. Anyway, so we've got these numbers today. What uh, I went over with Kevin, and I don't necessarily want to do it again, but I'm I'm looking at these people that have this this uh, this one is UST stable coin, and I'm looking at MicroStrategy, <laughs> and, and they've all got this this borrowings based on their Bitcoin holdings, and, and I just I'm looking at this going. I don't want to see the first domino start to go here because this could get really ugly. Is it just me recognizing this, or am I nuts, or what? Or I am nuts. But oh, no, I don't think it's just you recognizing it. Rising it. It's just the, uh, the the people out in the, the fin-to-it world are much, much, much louder than the, the people that uh, were trying to point out the reality behind these things, which is, uh, the only value behind a Bitcoin is what somebody else may be willing to pay you for it. Period. But I, and 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 Kevin talks about how the the technology behind it's pretty cool. It is, but there are other networks that have improved on that technology uh, to the point where they, they 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 run a lot faster and they're a lot more energy efficient. So it's possible that that Bitcoin could could go the way of of of, of the MySpace. And something else is going to emerge as the Facebook. So we're still going to have some sort of crypto. We'll always have some sort of crypto type of network. Bitcoin might fall behind. So the other ones. But the other thing is we already have a digital currency. The U.S. dollar is, is it's digital. Yeah, it pretty much is. It, it really is. Don't, you know, and I, you know, not necessarily myself, because I I just always like to have a certain amount of cash on me just in case things aren't working. But I've got plenty of college students that don't use cash at all. Yeah, it's always interesting. You know, they, they, they use U.S. dollars, but they use U.S. dollars on their phone. I especially That's like the people that, the people and who do that that they'll bet you ten dollars on a baseball game and they don't have the ten bucks. 
Yeah, but, yeah, you, but just, you, just you can send it, send it to them, yeah. something called Venmo, or that's the one I use. Venmo, Cash App, um, you can, you can send yeah. it through, through the, like, through, I don't, like, directly into their bank accounts I, I using want, their, their cell number. I don't yeah. I don't want Venmo knowing that I I bet Belliani 10 bucks on the Cubs and I won. Oh, you're gonna, yeah, this, this one's going to make your head explode, dude. <laughs> um, I, can, I can get on Venmo right now and tell you who my sister's been sending money to. How do you do that? I can there's like a, it's, they, they, they have a thing. I never understood this, but like, you, like you know, if you have like, because they're they're called, you know, they're it's it's like having Facebook friends, but on Venmo, yeah, and it's you know such and such, you know, whoever whoever your friends lists is, you know, whoever they, whoever they are in your Venmo account, you can see that such and such sent money for, you know, they say drinky poos, and like you can add like emojis and things like oh. that, and not you can't see how much, but you know you can't you can't see the amount, but you can see who sent what to whom. Uh, before and they, and they can say why. Like my um, actually, yeah, I drinks, own, and, food, and rent, yeah. I I I own the place that my sister lives in in Memphis, and she Venmo's me the rent at the middle of the month each month, uh, and she has just puts a little picture of a house on there. So yeah, a little emoji anybody house. anybody that that's buddies with my sister can see that once a month she pays me for housing. I have a tenant in the building who wants to do that and I say I'm out on that deal so she Venmo's the bartender at the Tripoli and she gives me the cash that is absolutely hilarious now tell me what a lot that, of that is just that, that is just that, that, that is one of the best things that I've heard <laughs> it's true eh? <laughs> it's like, it, I, I just I, I oh my god when I I cannot wait for the next time that I'm talking about this in class and I get to use that is an example of somebody that's not that, 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 you know there's always going to be people that refuse to give in to the technology let me tell you about this guy in Chicago <laughs> and you know if you're a guy in Chicago you have your home bar yeah and you're on a first name you're on a first name but not a last name basis with the bartender oh absolutely and and here comes the Venmo story yeah I, I, I actually don't know her last name <laughs> See? I've known her for years <laughs> I've known her for years. <laughs> is, yes. is, I've, I've never been there with you. I, I, I it's uh, the same visual of, of our whole generation that will soon disappear. Yeah, and uh, it's, the, it's those personal relationships that, that are just going and, away now. And if you, if you need a carpenter, you need a plumber, you need something, you just go there and say, "Hey, anybody know a plumber?" And you got a guy. Exactly. My 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 wife's been here so long, and her father before her that. that She's kind of the I got a guy person for everybody. But I, I don't uh, the whole idea that everybody has to know what everybody else is doing. Though I don't, I don't. I'm not, I, know, I, I just knew that one was. I, I think you're still. I can tell. I can tell that you're ruminating on this one. Well, you, you know, um, you know, and, and we'll, show, we'll show you how it works someday. We're gonna have, we're gonna have a teaching with you. But, but yeah. you know, you know what? I'll tell you why I feel this way. <laughs> not just my normal South Side suspicions, but uh, oh, yeah. when I was on the. I was on the board of the SIBO for a while, and uh, and one of the guys who was the, uh, uh, there used to be like eight Pershing brokers in the OEX pit. The OEX had 350 people. It was the second biggest exchange in the world, and it was one pit. It was bigger than the rest of the SIBO. It was bigger It was bigger than the whole Amex. It was bigger than everything except the New York Stock Exchange. So that's how much how much money was, was traded in that pit. Um, anyway, so the, one of the brokers down there, just to give you an idea... Uh, the guy's name was, uh, I don't know what his name was, but his, his, uh, acronym was DIP. Now, who, who in the right mind, uh, 
would, would take the, uh, acronym, the acronym DIP. No, you can only imagine. He likes to buy, he likes to buy the DIP. Yeah, it's some, that's, that's one possibility. Or it would be DIP bleep, you know, or something. <laughs> anyway, yeah. but he was somewhat of a character. And, and then they, they hired a guy in, regu- in up in reg at one point. Now, the two Persian guys next to me, the two nicest guys, was uh, Paul uh, Crickle, who's new still with FINRA, terrific guy, and John Erickson. And John was a guy who went to Northwestern, and he was a great artist. He was he was a broker, just a, just a regular, you know, kind of guy. So all of a sudden, the, the dip comes up to me at like a board reception, and he goes, so what's going on? You know, you know whenever, you, whenever you went somewhere, you had to use your ID card, right? So somewhere, yeah. someplace, they... They, they pile this information together, and I figure, who the hell wants to look at any of this stuff? Well, the elevator, more than anybody needs to know, the elevator in the building, we're all the way on the seventh floor, but the, the bathroom was between the elevator and the door to the floor. So you, so you needed your, your card to get in the bathroom. So you could go to any floor you wanted, if you remember. And long story short, too late. Uh, so the dip says to me, so what do you think John Erickson is doing up in the uh, seventh floor bathroom every day at about 1030? And I said, Dip, I think he's probably using the facilities. That's when his break is. You're in Pershing. You should have known that. Yeah, but it sure seems pretty strange to me. I said, why would it be strange? Somebody has to use the bathroom. <laughs> he goes, at the, at the same time, he's fine. Yeah, and, and I go, well, I said, so it means he's pretty regular, I guess. And that's the good, <laughs> that's the good thing. And he, he goes, uh, I don't know. I've been, I've been going through all this stuff. I said, what are you doing that for? Well, that's what they got me doing. So from that day forward, Russell, if there is a piece of information that nobody even dreams anybody will use for any nefarious purpose, somebody will. I mean, I've heard I've heard tell that in a lot of divorce cases, all the the stuff from the toll road, you know, you're you're you're, you're heading out to Farley, Illinois, every day at, for a nooner every day on a Tuesday, and it gets in the divorce court that you went through the tolling. All that stuff was supposed to be. I think supposed to be getting rid of after sixty or ninety days because you're paying in advance. You can't not pay. So why they need these these records? I don't. All this stuff just kind of being stacked up all over the place. Every time you get on the Dan Ryan, they get those. They know where your license number has been there. They can't catch a crook. They have no idea. They can't catch anybody who shot at anybody. But they know that no. you and my license plates are on the Ryan when we're on there. And, I, and, I, and my experience just has been that if it's there, there's some nerd going through it. I'm just saying. Oh, I'm sure they're probably they're probably uh, I don't know, is, is uh, politically you know the th- the thing that that we just described on Venmo, uh, you can turn it off. It's like voluntary, like but there's still and people in the background can see what I do, uh, but, and and actually mine's turned off. I don't think people see that my sister's sending me money every month. Yeah, you you can, uh, you can send things of course, to private. Of course, now I'm talking about it on the radio. Yeah, so, uh, so much for my privacy. Well, you know, I have my my smartphone, which isn't so smart, because I have I have one app on it that I use, and it's a stupid parking meter app, only because Maddie Weber said, "Don't ever put your your uh, credit card in one of those machines." So there's probably probably reading your credit card in there. Yep. Oh yeah, you can put a little thingy in there. Yeah, he says so. So I I I I, I do listen to you do people uh, more than people think I do. And as soon as he said that, I got I got the parking meter app. That's the only one I ever use. But I have no other apps on my phone. Just saying. I'm not saying that's a good thing. I just, I don't, I don't. I guess I don't need them because I don't, I don't feel the need for them. S&P futures. Uh oh, these numbers must have just come out. We're only up to consumer price index was uh, 
.3 versus .2 estimate. We're going to go through that after the break. I'll, I'll head it up there. The SP is now down four, so much for the rally. NASDAQ down 35. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-349. Five six. That's seven zero eight three four nine three four five six. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Lone Wolf Bank Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Howe. Eliani on the board, uh, Mr. Mr. Professor Russell Rhodes with us. S&P futures up only three bucks now. Nasdaq futures down seventeen after we were we were up high here, and I'm, I'm long here, so I'd like to be higher. But uh, we're not. We, we don't like the CPI number. It came in at uh, eight point three percent from uh, April a year ago, with the, the monthly number point six uh, unadjusted, so which I think was supposed to be like point three. So nothing like last month, one point three, according to these guys, anyway. But anyway, let's go through this stuff. Dow futures are up. Uh, I'm going to say, well, I got the Dow futures up 265. That's a delayed number, so it's got to be only like about 100. Over in Europe, DAX up 186, 1.4%. FTSE up 58.8%. CAC around up 91.5%. 
Over in Asia, we've got the Nikkei up 46.2%, Shanghai up 22.7%. Hang Seng bouncing back from a horrible day yesterday, up 190, it's, it's a full 1%. Bonds are, uh, are back up over 3, 303 with this number coming out. Uh, it's 0. 0.03 higher on the, on the, on the bonds, 10 year, sorry. Uh, the bun, up back over 1%, uh, 1, 1.04, uh, Japan 0.25, they don't move ever. Uh, yesterday, we had a mixed day. Dow was down 84, S&P up 9, NASDAQ uh, got back some of the day before. It was down like 500 the day before. It was back 114 yesterday, so got back maybe 20%. Oil up 395, 103.71. Brent up 368, 106.14. Natural gas up 23 cents, 761, making another move toward $8. Our Bob up 6 cents, 360. We've got gold. Up seven dollars, seventeen forty-eight. Silver up twenty-eight cents, twenty-one seventy. Copper up six cents, four twenty-one. And what we've been talking about all day, Bitcoin is now down seven ninety-seven to thirty thousand five forty-nine. It dipped under thirty thousand, popped right back. Looks like it's making another run at it. Eliani, what do you got for us? Traffic, weather, sports. Thanks so much, Tom. Uh, good morning, everyone. Currently seven thirty-five a.m. on May eleventh. Let's start with sports. Looking at basketball, Suns beat the Mavericks last night, one ten to eighty. And moving over to baseball, White Sox beat the Guardians last night 4-1. to Cubs lost to the Padres last night 4-5. And Diamondbacks beat the Marlins last night 9-3. to Looking at uh, weather in Chicago this morning, currently 77, nice and sunny with a high of 88, low of 72. And Phoenix currently 66, sunny with a high of 86 and a low of 57. Uh, quite a bit of traffic this morning, so let's get into that. We have traffic eastbound on 290 between Route 20 all the way to downtown approaching the uh, 290 and 94 construction intersect. Traffic westbound on 290 between uh, California and 17th Avenue. Uh, traffic northbound on 294 between, um, sorry, intermittent traffic northbound on 294 between West 127th and Highway 34 and between Roosevelt and the 90 West Ramp. Traffic southbound on 294 between Irving Park Road and Highway 34. Traffic eastbound on I-90 between Lee Street and Lawrence. Traffic westbound on I-90 between Lawrence and the 294 North Tri-State Ramp. Traffic eastbound on 94 between West Dempster and Canalport. Traffic westbound on 94 between 130th and Old Orchard Road. We have traffic northbound on 57 between Route 83 and the 94 East Ramp. Uh, traffic northbound on the Stevenson between Route uh, 171 and the Lakeshore Drive Ramp. Uh, that's due partly to uh, President Biden's um, patrol team. Uh, he's coming to visit us at the McCormick Place Center, so be mindful of traffic coming inbound as well. Um, sorry, outbound on the Stevenson as well uh, between the 94 East Ramp and County Line Road. Uh, we have traffic northbound on Lakeshore between East Oakwood Boulevard and East Grand. Traffic southbound on Lakeshore between Chicago Avenue and East 18th Drive. And uh, that is everything. Back to you, Chief. Well, this number, I'm looking here at the uh, Consumer Price Index for All Urban Consumers, U.S. City Average by Detailed Expenditure category. So, what do you think of that, Russell? How, you can't get more official than that, can it? No, you cannot. And yeah, I've been I've been digging through all these numbers during the break. And how do how do you how do you how do you very interesting? How do you adju- <laughs> how do you adjust the numbers? What do you what do you, how do you how do you adjust the price of rice? For God's sake, I don't know how the seasonal adjustments work. I really can't. You know, I I can. I can kind of understand how the seasonal adjustments work for employment when you've got, you know, like, uh, temporary employment during Christmas time and, and those, you know, and then summertime, you no, know, extra people working summer jobs and crap like that. Uh, but I, <clears throat> you never really traded commodities, but the commodity futures would have some seasonality to them as well. So my assumption has always been that that's the same sort of seasonality that they use 
when they're calculating the CPI. Like, gas is going to be, like the gas that you and I buy is going to be more expensive during the summertime uh, because it's summer driving season. Uh, and, you know, et cetera, and, you know, heating oil, the, the same sort of thing with the wintertime. Natural gas with wintertime for extra electric use. The heat houses for extra electric or electric use to cool your house in the, the summertime. I, I just always assumed it's, it, those are all of the big adjustments, but I haven't gone down that rabbit hole. Um, I, I've got a, a Kelly, Kelly School of Business student next door who's looking for a summer job. Maybe I should should um, make him dive into that one. Well, you know, I just you want know, to... Go, Drew, go figure this out. Come back in August. Let me know what you know. Um, I, I just I happen to zoom in on this one. It's very near and dear to your heart. Men's mm-hmm. sweaters, minus 3.9% oh. on the month. If I were you, I'd skip scutter on out. And that and, and you know, this is a seasonally adjusted time where those prices are coming down anyway. This is this is when I load up for next season's cardigan. Well and here's one for uh, not just uh, women are doing great here too. Let's see. Women's suits and separates down two point eight percent in the month. Now here's here's a good one. Women's underwear, nightwear, swimwear and accessories. I don't even want to go to where the what the accessories are. A minus point five percent. Earrings, necklaces, things like that. Sunglasses. Oh, right, there uh, you go. I just uh, thank you, thank you for for desertifying his mind real quick. I'm just you know, I'm just. <laughs> but I mean, they they get you, you get in here now. New vehicles. Um, I'm going to say, as my nephew has been looking for a new car, uh, he and his wife's a teacher, and she drives a lot mm-hmm. to work back and forth. They are thirteen point two percent year over year. Now, right out of the gate, I'm going to say, um, uh, I don't, I don't. What know. was that? Um, I just caught. Well, yeah. And <laughs> my understanding, and and I just read this in one place, but my understanding is the the the, the new way that they're going to account for uh, new vehicle prices is going to be based on something out of JD Power, which I do think is going to start to take all the bells and whistles into account. But I totally agree with you that year-over-year, 13.2% for new cars. That ain't true. Now, the used car one was 22%, even though it's been down the last three months on a year-over-year basis. I think that's the same for new vehicle. I think that's a better number for new vehicle. Well, what the... Because, like your nephew, I am shopping for a car for a young lady who's 15 who will be 16 in August. Okay, so the, this particular, and I don't want to dwell on automobiles because it's such a, I can, it's a, such a fascinating way things are priced. Um, now, as much as you and I are going to poo-poo the CPI report here, that's what we do every time it comes out, uh, yeah. we're also going to say we wouldn't want the job of putting, oh, gosh, this, no. of putting this thing out there. Uh, when, I, when I say that, I mean, okay, new cars, new trucks. What are we doing? Are we, are, are we trying to estimate what people actually pay? This is normal times. Are we estimating mm-hmm. what the list price is, which is what's published? Um, or what about the last year or so, where in order to get a car, you had to pay 4000 over list, or five? Which I'm going to say is absolutely not in this table. No. And I don't, I don't think the and, part of and, and it is happening. My, my next-door neighbor was trying to get a Bronco forever and ever and ever, and every time they would find one they liked, they would... You know, talk to people on the phone at the Ford dealership, and then it was basically a bait and switch. 
where they'd show up and all of a sudden they wanted an extra five or ten grand because it was the only Bronco they had on the lot. Uh, this past week, they had eight of them at one of the dealerships that they had done that to them before, and they did not bait and switch them. Really, I was at the. Uh, yeah, I stopped in at the Sam's Club. I mean, it's. I, I like Sam's because it's more blue collar than uh, than Costco. I mean, once oh, in a while, once 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 in a while. What well, I mean, actually, the uh, for those that don't know it, Sam's was originally designed not really for the consumer. It was designed for no. small businesses. Yep, and so well, I um. I was a, a, a very silent partner in a Chinese restaurant down in Memphis with some guys that I went to college with. And um, all one time I was in Memphis for something, I don't know why, and I was hanging out with one of those guys, and I went to Sam's with him, and we just picked up all the, the stuff for the, you know, all yeah. the napkins and all that other kind of crap. I have to um, assume, did you guys, were you guys big on yeah. chop suey? But I don't know. <laughs> you own the place, you said. I don't know. Well, he I said he was a silent owner. Very silent. I'd go in there and snag a couple of beers out of the bar sometimes and hang out and pick up my little envelope of cash for being a silent partner. Donna, did they uh, add the two uh, beers to your income tax, your 1099? They did not. There was no 1099 involved in this process. <laughs> when I wasn't in town, my dad would stop by and pick up my envelope. Oh, God. Sort of like me at the bar, huh? <laughs> yep. Yep. So, uh, the, anyway, uh, this is twenty-five years ago. We're not talking yeah. about last week. So, but these uh, are so. Anyway, so I don't know how you really get that feel. I'm, I'm going to say that. Uh, I, well, anyway, I go to the Sam's and there's a big Chevy dealer next to it, right? And they've got mm-hmm. probably I won't even call them pick me ups. They have maybe ten vehicles on the lot. Mm-hmm. The like the likes of which. I don't think you, you or I or Eliani any, any, would ever be caught dead in one of these things. They are these massive. I mean, I, I, I'm actually looking around for a pickup truck, an older one, uh, just to hack around with. I don't know. These things, four doors. They got, the, they got the, the step in thingies that, that retract. Yeah. They, I mean, if they're if they're going to put a, uh, a chip in a truck, they're not going to put it in a standard regular cab pickup with roll down windows that somebody might buy to actually use for work this the, i don't think any one of these things can, can, would you could touch them for a hundred grand i mean it, they had to be oh yeah no my guy on the other side of me just got uh the kind of pickup you're talking about with a hemi engine in it wow and i'm certain that thing approached a hundred grand i mean they are they are works of art they're i mean they we're, are. we're not talking about the they guy are. hauling hay <laughs> And, you know, and, again, and, and and I feel that tug of my, you know, Tennessee upbringing when I see those. I get you know my heart's a little a flutter. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I don't ever. I, I don't ever. My my beagle and I and one of those we are sad. But you know, I, same thing. If I ever want a jeep, I want a jeep. I don't want a hundred thousand dollar wagon here. Right. I mean, the, I the, the right. idea of paying a hundred grand. Boy, you know what I'd love if I could find one of those old scramblers. In good shape, they are to die for. But you can't find those. They are they are, they are hot. They, they, when they came out, nobody wanted them. Now they're hot. Anyway, yep. let's, we will scoot down. Here's the one I can't. I, I, I think is the is the big lie in here, uh, Russell. Uh, oh wow. Um, is the uh, well, let's see what else, what else is on the downside. Tobacco products other than cigarettes were down point two percent. I mean, this is amazingly detailed. Uh, here we are. Oh yeah. No, it's. Uh... But if we get into shelter. And uh, now, when they say rent of shelter, 
there's a, a rent of primary residence, which means you're just paying your rent, right? I, I'm guessing that's what that line means. What else could it well, be? Well, it's uh, it, I think I, I dug into that once because you brought it up before, and I feel like it's the uh, rent equivalent cost of living in your house. No, 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 no that, that's further down. That's owner's, okay. that's owner's equivalent rent of residence. That's line five. So when you say okay. rent of shelter here, here's the numbers. Rent of primary residence. Now, given the horror stories you and I have heard on rent in the last year, what do you think rents up year over year? Uh, I don't know. It probably says 5% or something like that. You're good at this. 4.8. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say that number is at least 12 to 15 from what Audrey tells me. Um, lodging away from of home is 19.7% year over year. Housing at school, excluding board, 1.6. Get a little bit. Hotels and motels up 22.6. But here's the other one. Uh, owner's equivalent rent of primary residence. This is with, by any stretch, housing prices are up, what, 20 to 25% in the last year? Say 15, 15 to 20, say 20. And you're in your, Interest rates are up from three to five point five, so they've got owner's equivalent rent of primary residence is up four point eight percent. How is that number not twenty five percent, Russell? Um, seasonally adjusted <laughs> for what season? Like, the, I don't the, know. the season of the moon? <laughs> I'm talking year over year. Don't you think? That's like, no, it, it, cool. We've got enough time for my my thought process here. So. Let's say you and I, you and I decide to start a, a, a think tank foundation. Um, my first project would be to bring some pretty smart economists in from five different countries in five different parts of the world, and say, "I want you to come up with an inflation indicator for the consumers in the United States." And I don't. And the reason I'm bringing in guys from outside. Is hopefully they aren't anchored in what the CPI is already, and they they get to start from scratch. Because part of the problem I think with the CPI is you're built you you you're already anchored to a a previous process. Well, but but Russell, so, exactly, so really, if we wanted to measure inflation correctly in the United States, we would start from scratch. Um, we wouldn't change the CPI because when you go to change something. This is, this is getting into my behavioral finance dissertation stuff. Uh, you automatically are, you know, you're, yeah, you're doing what you and I are doing right now. You know, well, uh, housing, you know, the housing equivalent rent number is 4.8. So, well, there's no way that one's right. We should probably uh, add the weighting or, or whatever instead of just starting from scratch and going out and talking to, you know, a thousand consumers around the country and finding out what their you know, what their monthly budgets look like, and then creating an inflation indicator around that. Well, how do you... If you really want to measure it accurately, that's what you're going to have to do. We also have... You have and, two... Uh, <laughs> you, you have you have two professors. It's like taking mm-hmm. a class and two people at the same time. One person is going to say, you've got to keep it somewhat relevant to 1970, or else what good does it do? Right? Uh, you know, see... If you just come up with a new one that's more accurate, then what? Then you, you still not you you still can't tell somebody uh, what the number is. That's why I think 
exactly what you're saying. It gives, it gives you more of a reality of what you know, where things, where the money's really being spent. I know you lose the historical comparison, but you but you end up with a uh, with a better tool uh, to figure out should people be getting paid more. What is the real rate of interest that you're earning? You know, how negative is it right now? You know, things like that. I, I, I love the project. I think we both have to... Boy, I'm going to back... Boy, I'm really showing him a lot today for about the 10th time. We need two blackboards. You put up how you want to put your study, and I'll put up how I want to do mine. And and, and we uh, between the two of us, we'd come up with something that was decent. Because here... Here's here's what the part we're, we're we're leaving out. Neither one of us are mentally leaving it out, but we're leaving it out for the listeners. There's two components to this thing that, that dovetail or or don't dovetail. Um, there's the whether you can bitch and moan about the owner's equivalent rent of primary residence being up 4.8 last year. I mean, we can say, but well, here's here's another number which I think is is probably the bigger problem. I, I think Russell, uh, what percentage of of, of uh, the average person's um, basket is the associate the expenses associated with owning their own home. Now Nancy uh, last week Nancy last week says they're giving mortgages out to like forty eight percent, which which is probably higher than the average because people are just moving in. But these guys got this number at twenty two percent, and they and they've got rent of primary residence here at seven percent. N- name me anybody who rents. Really? I mean, when Eliani, is, you, is your rent 7% of what you take home? Or your, your salary? I'm going to say no. It's got to be a lot higher than that. My rent, my rent is 8.95. No, but I'm saying, so is that 7, so that, that, that means you make uh, 8,900 a month or 9,000 a month according to this. No, I make about four or five grand a month. Okay, so it's, but I'm saying it's, it's probably. I thought it was, I thought it was supposed to be around 20%. Well, but I'm saying in the, in the last year or two, and going up the way it has, is that number still relevant? And, and I want to know how she's paying lower rent than I pay in Indiana. Um, because she's a better shopper. I'm actually really good okay. at shopping for places. I shop for people's apartments all the time. I found my uh, my girlfriend Nat. She uh, she needed to move because she was renting out with uh, M Fishman. If, by the way, if you're a renter in Chicago and you're renting with M Fishman, don't. Um, they're terrible. Um, but. Uh, she had to find a last-minute apartment because the you know, roommate she had had a uh, bit of a mental breakdown and took it out on her, <laughs> and so oh. she had to find a place oh, to, to to live quickly. And so she was running short on cash. So I found her, you know, a temporary unit, and then she wanted to move. So I got her a two-bed, one-bath, and Pilsen uh, washer-dryer-in unit um, for twelve hundred. Of course, it's like the dorm in Notre Dame. You had a sink in the room, but you had to go down the hall to use the bathroom. Yeah, no, it's a beautiful apartment. Like it's a beautiful space. She's a she's a musician too. She's a she's a genius. She plays everything, and she's a composer and um, and things like that. So, but she needed a place where she can have an office, and she's a dog. So I found her a dog friendly. Um, she has a pit, so a dog friendly pit, two bed, one bath, washer dryer, and unit for twelve hundred in Pilsen. Well, I would be dog friendly, but if they somebody said they had a pit bull, I, I might retract that. He's so sweet. I don't know why people have such such a. Bad people are just like pit bulls are terrible. I'm like, wow, they're so friendly. They're well, just dogs. Because well, because some, some people train them yeah. and treat them badly and turn them into fighting dogs. Go, yeah, but people you can you, you can treat any dog badly though. They're the sweetest dogs ever. They are the sweetest dogs. Well, He's so sweet. Oh my god, I love well, that. They're dog. known as the nanny dog, but the nanny dog, you wouldn't go to a Southside junkyard and think one of those is a nanny dog. 
Yeah, but they're not. I don't know why there's there's such a, such a like horrible stereotype. He, it's just a dog. It's just another dog. Like, <laughs> well, the different. Well, we don't want to get into dogs. It's, 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 it's a it, it, it's a dog that if it if it turns it like my uh, what a, the, the pug that we have here is scared of its own shadow. But the uh, but the other one that we used to have was mean. Uh, but it was a pug. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like. You know, okay, you're you're mean and you're a pug. Go go over there and lay down. Leave me alone. Um, you got a mean pit bull. You're you're going to be a little frightened. Uh, yeah, if he bites you, you know you're, you know, you you stay <laughs> bit. You stay bit. Yeah, but I mean, and any I mean any dog can become violent if you treat it. I know, but if it's treated. A, so I don't know. If, I don't know when people are saying only specifically pit bulls. If if they're treated badly, only they get mean. No, any dog can get vicious I, or crazy. Well, it's, yeah. it's not that they get mean. It's that they get mean and. They're like the Mike Tyson of dogs. Yeah, you bit by, bit by a poodle. To do the things they could do if they really get mean, compared to if they ever knew how know, strong they were, I guess. My, my little my little pug walking around in a tutu right now. Well, what the Russell? Get back to this real quick. Uh, yeah. What What do you do if you pick out like I did? Let's. I mean, we both know that there needs to be some work on this stuff, and I would. What What do you do if you do what What uh, I did maybe three, four years ago, and I went through from uh, actually it was two years ago. So it was two thousand and twenty, and I and I went back to uh, two thousand, and I and I looked at like three items, okay, and I just um, mm-hmm. I, I picked out uh, the, your medical stuff here is seven point five percent, I believe. Now most people know that if you're paying your hospitalization, it's not seven point five percent of anybody's no. salary. It's what, no. but what I did is I went back and I took like three items that I thought were like very important. And, and they're 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 just wrong. Okay, now if you went back from two, 2000 to 2020, I think the if you went through the the CPI calculator, it's like 055 percent. So it's up fifty percent, say in, in twenty years. All right. So I, I did uh, since we have some of the records here at PTI, and I was able to get some of the stuff online. And, and again, I wasn't uh, uh, rigorous like I would be if I was writing a paper for your class. Because people's deductions have increased along the way, so the the insurance in 2020 was probably not the same as in 2000. 2000. I bet the one in 2000 covered more, but I, but I didn't go into that. I just took the gross numbers. It was up almost. Get a load of this. It was 2.85 higher, as opposed to the, you know, 0.55 in the CPI. Now this will this you'll love. I went back to, uh, edu- secondary education, college tuition, essentially. And there's an incredible site that every single school in the country, they'll take you back 20 years and tell you what all the rates were per year, room and board, the whole bit. It came out to the exact same number, 2.85. And then also, this is really sloppy, but I don't know how else to do it. Maybe you can tell me. I tried to get uh, primary and secondary education, and I made the assumption, again, this is gross numbers. I'm just doing this by myself. Uh, I went back and said, okay, 50 to 55 percent of everybody's local local taxes probably goes into education somewhere in there right i mean i'm not too far off and i looked at the property taxes in illinois because i couldn't find all the rest of the states would take me forever in illinois property taxes are up roughly 2.85 so here's three big items and they're up almost the exact same amount say say three times when the cpi says but but also if you add the three together Medical care, up, uh, upper education, and property taxes aren't even in this thing that I can see. Uh, you're talking about an 11 percent, 
11.5% of your basket. So explain to me, Lucy, who the hell, a, a guy like you, well, not like you, but if you were paying your own, say you were a independent contractor, which you do some work like that, but I have a feeling you've pretty much always been covered by hospitalization. But if you weren't, even doing as well as I think you do, and it's none of my business, there's no way on earth that your hospitalization for your family plus your taxes, local, plus your 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 education for your kids in college is 11% of your basket. It's got to be 50 or 40. Yeah. When my when when my kid hits college next year, I would say, um, yeah, there's a good chance that that's, that's going to be a big portion of, of my disposable income. But it's never uh, it's never eleven. Yeah. It was never eleven. No, it's not eleven. I, it's it's closer to fifty than eleven. Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to I, pay you I, down. I, I'm, I'm just saying to do the numbers, and I was like, uh, we only got a minute. So I'm yeah, but I'm doing numbers in my head. But if if you if you yeah. make eighty grand a year, or let's make it easy. Well, oh, it, if you make if you make sixty grand a year, it's five it's five grand a month. Your hospitalization's mm-hmm. two. How, how the hell is that seven percent? It, it it can't be. It totally can't be. So anyway, so are you, are you home or are you there? Where are you? I'm I'm home, but I'm in, in. But I will be uh, taking off tomorrow for Barcelona, Spain, and. I will not see you next week because I'll be on the plane coming home from there at the same time as this program. Well, I got to now. Who can I get? I got to get like a Nobel <laughs> Prize winner to, to be equal to you. For no, this. you do not. Just, hey, have a nice somebody, time. Some, somebody who can get up early and, and caffeinate up enough to keep up with you. By the way, uh, have, a, have a nice time. You guys, you guys earned it. I've heard a couple people I know just went to Spain. They had a great time. So, oh, it's it's work. Spain is great. Spain All right. is fun. It's work. Well, Eliana, you know the language. It'd be easier for you. What am I going to do with it? I can't talk to anybody. She doesn't know the language. She speaks Portuguese. I speak Spanish, too. And she speaks and, both. Yeah, I speak Portuguese, Spanish, Italian, and French, Brazil, and I'm learning Brazil, Korean. Brazil is Portuguese, though. I, I've made that mistake. You can't, ta- you can't well, talk behind her back in any language. Yeah, you, you kind of can't. Yeah. <laughs> Russell, take care of yourself. SB Futures. Get a load of this. Down 41 now, so we flipped 80 oh my points. Goodness, NASA Futures down 200. We flipped... 400 points here. Ouch. We'll be right back tomorrow morning. Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. I guess we learned not to do it again.